With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Back in the 80s and 90s, Celtic's video content wasn't on YouTube and social media. It was released on these space-consuming blocks of plastic, the VHS home video. In 1991, Celtic's chief executive, Terry Cassidy, released the Celtic Collection, a quarterly video magazine. Hello and welcome to another first from Celtic. From the club that introduced the first weekly club newspaper in British football, we present the first regular video magazine, The Celtic Collection. They used to talk about the closed season in football, but Celtic Park was very much open for business right through the summer of 91. Everything about that intro screamed 1990s. The game show theme tune, Paul Cooney's desk with the telephone that will never ring. So where was Celtic at this point? The chief executive, Terry Cassidy, had just sacked Billy McNeil and he had replaced him with the rookie manager, Liam Brady. Liam, how does it feel to be the manager of Celtic? Uh, tremendous. I'm very, very proud and very, very honoured. And I'm really looking forward to my new job. You said, though, at one point that you wouldn't be interested in football management. How many jobs would you have taken? Well, that's impossible to say. You know, unless you're offered, you can't really, you can't really say. But... Uh, uh, let's say yes I wasn't really interested in football management because I felt if I was going to start in it, I would have to start at the bottom levels and work my way up but uh, life plays funny tricks and uh, here I am you know coming in at the very top uh, and I think to myself if I'm going to fail well, you might as well fail at the top but I'm not saying that uh, uh, that's going to be the case I'm very confident that I'm going to bring success here to Celtic Park how much do you know about the traditions of Celtic? As a boy, for example, in Dublin, were you aware of this Glasgow giant? Absolutely. There's um, Man United, there's Liverpool and the Celtic in Dublin. Not necessarily in that order. Uh, 
1967 team, Lisbon Lions, I, that was when I was really becoming interested in football. Um, I was 11, 12, in the most formative uh, time uh, thinking about football. And, uh, well, I always, I never really followed anyone in particular, but I always followed players. And, you know, in that team, Bertie Ald and Jimmy Johnson, very special. There's a great family atmosphere here at Celtic Park and they've always enjoyed the attacking football that was the hallmark of your play, distinguished creative football. Is that what you hope to bring back yes, to Celtic? I know, I know what the traditions are here and uh, I will try li to live up to them. Uh, I think when the board uh, pointed me, they knew what kind of football I believe in uh, and they think it's going to be uh, acceptable by the people who come here to watch Celtic. Looking back at this early interview with Liam Brady, it's clear that even he was surprised that he got the Celtic job. And what about those prophetic words? If you're going to fail, you might as well fail at the top. Liam Brady, well aware of the traditions of Celtic and looking forward to the task of managing the club. Well, within days, the players were back to Celtic Park for training. And the first stop was Strathclyde Park. Under the watchful eye of a man introduced to Scottish football by Liam Brady, the new first-team coach, a former Irish international player, Mick Martin. Coming in. 16. Pucky. Yeah, yeah. Put number here. Four. Five. Seven. Put this up, Tony. Eight. Nine. Jack. Queen. Ten. Eleven. Header. Bully. Light ball. Wally. Let's walk on. I like to have a bit of a laugh and I like to have a bit of fun and I like to see them with a smile on their face and I wind them up. But if they step out of line, I, I come down on them. But no, 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 stepped out of line yet, so I haven't had the opportunity to be hard. Oh, although you've done it for maybe 10 years or something, it still holds maybe the worst moment of the season, your first day of training. But it's something, once you're by the first day, you know, it's uh, just a cruise from there. Now, you just had your first meeting, I take it, with uh, the new manager, Liam Brady. What were your first impressions? He spoke very confidently and uh, he's a great player and uh, hopefully he'll be able to take all the experience he had as a player uh, into his manager's job. Do you think the, the actual preparation for the season will change given the, the amount of experience he had in Italian football? Is he likely to introduce some ideas into to, to the Scottish game here? Yes, I hope so, yeah. As I said, he's had a lot of experience abroad playing and uh, hopefully he can help all of the, the players at Parkhead at the moment to uh, go from strength to strength and hopefully play with a lot more confidence this year and uh, maybe get a, a steady rhythm through this season, maybe something we're lacking the last couple of years. Football back in the 90s seemed far more innocent. I mean, you could walk along to Strathclyde Park and see your Celtic heroes, guys like Dougie McHarrison, John Hewitt and Martin Hayes training. When I look back on the training regime, it looks very basic, but how cool is the Umbro training kit? Soon to be added to that Celtic squad was a £1.1 million Irish striker, Tony Cascarino, who we signed from Aston Villa. This was at a time when we already had five strikers, Charlie Nicholas, Darius Jakinowski, Jerry Craney, Andy Walker and Tommy Coyne. Some people calling you Tommy O'Coyne over here in Ireland. There's been a lot in the Irish papers and television and radio that you could be playing for Jack Charlton's team. How would you feel about it? Would you rather play for Scotland or Ireland? I don't have any preference to be honest Paul, uh, I would be delighted whoever asked me if I get asked. Uh, it's nice to read a paper and people are uh, putting you in that bracket but you've just got to wait and uh, see if the manager picks you. 
a lot of people have got an awful lot of respect for you, particularly since you took a lot of stick, you took a lot of criticism uh, a year or so ago uh, in the newspapers and television and radio at home. How did you feel about that? I think that's just uh, part of the course with a job. I think uh, if you're not doing well, you've got to expect to get some criticism, maybe undue in some parts, but you've just got to accept it and maybe have the last laugh when things go good. You think you'll be having the last laugh this season? I hope so, yeah. I'll be trying my best anyway. Pre-season meant a trip to Ireland and there was familiar faces in the dugout with the new management team with Brian Scott, Jimmy Steele, Neely Mockin and also Tommy Craig. Unfortunately for Liam Brady, Paul McStay, Celtic's captain and maestro, was injured in that pre-season trip to Ireland and the captaincy was handed to Charlie Nicholas. Despite an injury to our talismanic captain, there was still confidence in the Celtic camp, as Peter Grant explained. Yeah, a good start last weekend. We've let ourselves down in the second game against Cork. We were very disappointing. But I think we bounced back a wee bit last night. OK, it was a very, very difficult game. And Dundalk never wanted to play in the game. But uh, we've enjoyed it. The boys have enjoyed the break. We've got together again. We've got a good team spirit and that's what we're aiming for. And hopefully we carry on the season. After the pre-season tour of Ireland, we went down to Highbury and uh, drew 2-2 with Arsenal in the Paul Davis testimonial before coming up to Celtic Park for Liam Brady's first game in charge at Paradise, where we beat the FA Cup holders 1-0. Liam Brady's first game in charge at Celtic Park gave this video collection an opportunity to get behind the scenes, get into the dressing room and speak to some of the people who weren't involved in the game against Spurs. And I think this is where the video collection comes into its own. You get the behind the scenes stuff, the stuff behind the curtain that you don't often see as a Celtic fan. Derek, uh, you must hate to be out today for this match. You picked up a knock on Tuesday. Yeah, um, at first I thought it was a stress fracture. Fortunately for me, it was just a, a bad bruising in the sh- uh, machine. And to play against the Cup uh, winners in England would be tremendous. The pitch is looking great and a big crowd, so disappointed they're missing it. Of course, you watched Spurs last week in Ireland. Yeah, watched them against Shelburne. Uh, we beat Shelburne 3-0. Um, I don't think we'll have any problems beating Spurs today here. The Celtic Collection will show you behind the scenes at Celtic Park. Here's a unique insight into the dressing room just minutes before kickoff. Liam Brady, Mick Martin and Tommy Craig have last-minute preparations, with Liam and Tommy laying out exactly how the team will line up against the English FA Cup holders. Very much. I thought it was um, quite a good game. A lot of good football played. Um, should have been one or two more goals. I missed one, but um, I missed them before. Shan't worry too much about that. But um, that was entertaining. The crowd um, were in good spirits, and uh, I would think everybody enjoyed it. It's interesting watching you and Paki Bonner up against each other again. You've played against each other so often in different circumstances for your countries. That's right. I've never played. Um, it's the first time I've actually ever played against Celtic. Um, a bit here or a bit anywhere. It's my first visit here. Um, I've usually played Paki, of course, when he's been playing for, for the Republic. And we've had a few battles there. But um, he's, he's, one of the, he's one of the best goalkeepers around. He's, he's very dependable. And he made one or two good saves again today. The collection did well to balance the game footage with interviews and behind-the-scenes footage, and it seemed to be well-received by fans, um, as the reviews and the fanzines at the time would attest. Something, however, that got more of a mixed reaction from the supporters was the new away kit by Umbro, complete with its red, white and blue sponsor. A scarf and a tammy, that was all the fan needed in the 50s and the 60s and maybe even the 70s. 
but in the 80s and now in the 90s, an essential part of the kit for the modern fan is the jersey. And there was controversy recently when Celtic introduced a new away strip. But what do you think of it? We went along to the recent Celtic St Mirren game to find out. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's, it's dead different and all that. <laughs> just doesn't look like Celtic at all. Just like the colours, nice change. It's a wee bit like the new Scotland strip as well with a designer. It's not the boys without the. It's not the boys without the hoops. Nah, sorry. I look at in the paper, it wasn't very nice, but you see it close up, it's nice. I it's quite smart. I never liked it at first. When I seen Bobby Murdoch wearing it, but that's no surprise with him wearing it. No, that's quite smart. Well, it's a bit radical, but I'll go with it. Well, it's quite good, and I like the way the triangle goes in it, and it's a good design. It's all right. <laughs> it's not bad. We're a bit old, you see, so old people find changes different. The young ones take to change like good. The Rubbish. I don't know, it's sort of grows on you a bit. It was shocking at first, Kiwi, but I get grows on you a wee bit. I think it's bogging. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. It's very nice. Very nice indeed. First I didn't, I, th- I thought, well, it's a bit over the top, but so it grows on you. Oh, it's just like 40 shades of green, in it? And what about the man from Umbral? Does he say yes to the new strip? Well, I think uh, you only need to see the number of strips that are around on the streets. Without a doubt, I would say it's the best-selling strip we've ever had. Um, you know, and again, not just within the UK, but internationally. Um, the likes of Italy, uh, the Italian market, where we're very strong as a company, you know, we're selling a lot of Celtic product, and, and in fairness, a lot of that is down to the fact that the design is very radical, and you know, people are buying it as a leisure shirt rather than just being a Celtic product. But obviously, you know, the fact that it's a good design with the Celtic badge helps, you know, both the club and ourselves. One of the things I loved about watching this old VHS video back was hearing again those commentators that became so familiar as a kid growing up. Jock Brown, Jerry McNee, et al. Never thought I'd miss them, but it was uh, refreshing to hear those old voices from the 80s and 90s again. This was at a time when Jock Brown was a commentator. He, of course, went on to become the general manager of Celtic. And it's interesting how the passage of time changes your perception of individuals. Uh, None more so than the following interview between Charlie Nicholas and Hugh Keevans. Yes, I mean, I've got great memories of the club, but this this room holds probably most of the the funniest memories and the most excitable memories in here. There's uh, It goes back to 79, really, Hugh, when I used to clean all the boots in here with some of the younger lads at that time, apprentices, uh, we stole the jerseys for a night, uh, took the kit away from nearly mocking, the four A's over jerseys and went over to the jungle and stood in the jungle and we beat Rangers 4-2 that night to win the league. So uh, there's a lot of history from all players and there's a lot of memories for me. You have such a strong affection for Celtic. Why did you ever leave the club in the first place, Charlie? Well, it was obviously financial. Financially it became that I had to leave. it's, it's a waste of time looking back now and saying that Celtic should offer me more or whatever. That happened. That, that was the state of play at, that, at the times. It's changed. It's turned around about, hopefully, since then. Uh, hopefully Celtic have learned their lesson and players learned their lessons. But uh, okay, it, was, it was great sadness that I had to leave. But it was, I mean, when I look back now, I think I would have had to have done it in the same circumstances again. But uh, it was just the upbringing, really, from my father. Uh, my father's family that's it's always been Celtic-orientated. And it's like... Uh, I mean, it's just like family to me now, Celtic. In a red jersey with first Arsenal and then Aberdeen, how difficult did you find it to play against Celtic? Oh, incredibly difficult. Uh, 
obviously, as you know, I got a few barricades when I first came back from some supporters, but understandable. I can understand the, the, how they felt and emotionally, really, that night. I mean, I, I was cringing inside myself at times, but uh, I had to do it. It was something I had to do for quite a few years and, uh, and just go on with it. I did it the best I could, but I don't think I ever really played well against Celtic. Could you feel the fans willing you to do well for Celtic when you came back from Pataudry? Yes, I did. Uh, I was obviously out quite a lot with the injury. But when I came back for Pataudry, I think there's obviously apprehension from the supporters because obviously I left when I was younger and probably at that time the team was more exciting and we were successful. So I came back as an older player, I slowed down, uh, not as fit as what I was then. Yeah, I mean, they're apprehensive, so was I. But uh, hopefully now they're starting to see Charlie playing uh, properly for Celtic again. In fact, some people, Charlie, think that you should retain the captaincy, which you've had since the start of the season. No, I'll make it perfectly clear. It's not up for grabs. I'm not, I'm not after it. It's Paul McStay's and it'll stay Paul McStay's. I think we've got three versions of Charlie. You've got Charlie Mark One, who was the young kid scoring 50 goals a season in that brilliant Celtic kit. You've got the Charlie Mark Two, who came back up in the 1990s, and you see a lot of them in this video. Um, he had a very good season, in actual fact, scoring 25 goals. And then you've got the Charlie Mark Three, who is the pundit, uh, and I'm not going to say he divides opinion. He is largely disliked by the Celtic fans as a pundit. Someone else who, who has changed over the years in terms of the way that Celtic fans look at him is Sean Connery, and even 007 made an appearance in this video. Well, yes, I'm uh, very excited about the possibility of the match here today. And uh, I haven't been back here for so many years. It's always... But it hasn't really coincided with my free time. I see Kenny Douglas here today, some of the great Celts of the past. Who would you pin as your all-time favourite Celtic player? Well, there were so many different types of players that I liked. I liked Charlie Tully when he was here, who was, of course, more Irish than Scottish, but uh, still a great Celtic player. And Jimmy Delaney. Uh, not, you know, and Kenny. And, of course, I mean, there's always been... And a wonderful player was Fernie who would have been, I think, uh, in, running around in Italy by now, I should think, had he been. I don't know what they're all doing, these guys. Now, I saw Dennis Law the other day on the, on the television. He's still thrashing around. It looks exactly the same. But, uh, OK, coming up. Is, is Kenny Doglish here today? No. Kenny is here for the match, yes. Is so he? You, oh, well, I look forward so. to seeing him. Yeah. yeah. Finally, then, we'll let you get on with Mr Cassidy. Your prediction, though, for the big match this afternoon? I have no idea. We're just talking about it in there, and it, it doesn't matter what position either team's in, whether it's the top or the bottom of the league or out of the cup or in the cup. This, it's always different. It's always a surprise result. Yeah. I just hope it's a great game. Uh, there's plenty of excitement. There always is. You know, you don't have to import anything like that for this. But uh, Celtic's still a bit special for you. Oh yes, yes, absolutely. It was, uh, uh, it was a great chance, I'm surprised to be able to come here today, and uh, I'm sure the game will live up to it. So where did it all go wrong with Sean Connery? We've heard tales of Pat Nevin defecting from Celtic to Hibs. Well, Connery defected from Celtic to the dark side. And it all came down to the fact that when Fergus McCann took over, he was less accommodating than Terry Cassidy. So Sean Connery went across the city and became a guest at Ibrox of David Murray's. So Terry Cassidy, I think, seen the commercial value in having Sean Connery at Celtic Park. 
And what does this video say about Terry Cassidy? Well, there is a very interesting video interview of him on this tape. Well, I think there are two parts, as there are in any other plan. One is, what do we do in the short term? Um, and that, that centres around, obviously, the lack of facilities that we have in the park. For example, we make it very difficult for be people to buy Celtic products. All you've got to do is try and buy something in the shop on a match day, and you get six people in the shop and it's packed. We make it very difficult for people to buy something to eat. Um, and if on a good day, if you're lucky, you'll get a bovril and a pie. Um, so on, in the short term, we can look at trying to do something like that. And um, uh, at the moment, hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of pounds, which should be coming to Celtic, are going to either pirate product makers or, or um, uh, pie people along the way, which, which we should have. Um, so we, in the short term, we can look at things like that. In the short term on the field, we obviously have to see what can be done, particularly in the way of domestic uh, trophies. To be, to be won with virtually the current squad but hand in hand both of those things are, as far as the future are concerned have got to be planned which includes on the field as well as off the field and I think within weeks of coming here it seemed to me that it was I guess perhaps a two year job uh, to, to, to plan for the future to lay down the foundations and then the idea being two years after that you'd be talking about perhaps a decade of success I think that um, it would not be unfair to say that Liam Brady's now arrived at the same conclusion, because here we've got sufficient talent to do reasonably well in Scotland, um, and uh, potential talent in some of the younger boys to do exceptionally well, um, given that, that period of planning and, and, and of course maturity on their part, both physical and, uh, and mental maturity in getting to know the game. So, Whilst I think a lot of the fans might be thinking themselves, things haven't changed and, and here we go again. Um, they have changed an awful lot. And um, I think that most of the most of the fans that certainly I talk to or speak to understand that. And their analysis of Celtic Football Club and what's gone on and what goes on is quite astounding, actually. Anybody who thinks that, that Celtic supporters are, are a bit dumb all they've got to do is read the letters that I get and they're, they're amazingly accurate in summing up you know, the, the club and where we are. Do you have a problem about Rangers? Do you think the club has a problem about Rangers? Um, some, some people undoubtedly are, both, uh, both in, in, the, in the support and within the building. Um, I think that there's a danger if, if you're not careful you get hung up on that and you forget what you're about. Um, and the real answer... Uh, to the rivalry between Celtic and Rangers or Celtic and anybody else is to be better than them. That's, that's the only, only answer. Um, you know, people can spend so many time brooding and thinking about it that they forget to get on with the job. Um, and I'm a big believer, I'd rather have the opposition looking over their shoulders at me than me looking over my shoulder at the, the opposition. What, what, what we've had is um, people almost being happy to have said that you know this 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 great club, and I think what we've got to get across to people is that it isn't a great club. It's a once great club, and what we're about is making it a great club again. The cynical side of me says that Terry Cassidy used an opportunity here um, to put his message across in the, in the same way that the Celtic View did, and that is why Celtic supporters back then called it Pravda. But you've got to also admire the fact that he was 
forward thinking in launching a video magazine, the first club in Britain to do so. And of course, the first club in Britain to launch a weekly magazine as well. Terry Cassidy walked in to a basket case of a club. I mean, you look at the decades of mismanagement at board level and he had a massive task on his hands. But when you watch this interview, he's talking about the commercialisation of Celtic. He obviously had lots of plans, um, but he had an inept boardroom behind him. He was divisive and ultimately he failed. Although this video collection was well received initially, it only ran for four volumes. You could pick them up for about a tenner at the time, but it was short-lived. And I think that when you look at the tenure of Terry Cassidy, the video almost outlived him as well. But it is always good to look back on these videotapes. And I think that there is a suggestion, because it's a Celtic release, that these types of things should be available on Celtic TV. I mean, what do you think? Leave a message in the comments section. Uh, make sure that you also subscribe to the YouTube channel because we are going to go through this entire dead stock VHS collection and click on the notifications bell as well for further content on Axom's Retro Video Club. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.